Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Lady T, and you are listening to Consensus Pod, the podcast where we discuss faith, family, and navigating modern society as a member of the nuclear family structure. Today, I wanted to bring to you an episode that I feel is really important today, and uh, it's long overdue in a world full of people who want to take responsibility for nothing. That is the importance of accountability, personal responsibility. I think that this is a necessary show because of the direction that we've moved in as a society where we empower ourselves through our ability to accept the consequences of our actions and therefore we weigh our decisions with careful thought before making or committing to one. We've moved away from that and we've moved to a society that just uh, recklessly commits decisions and places blame on everyone else except ourselves for the messes that we make. So I'm going to roll the music and let's get to a discussion on why personal responsibility is so necessary. inspired to do the show because, in part, um, the overturn of Roe versus Wade by the Supreme Court exposed us to a response that that actually um, speaks to the nature of what people have become. And regardless of the narrative in the media, that abortion is primarily done for cases of incest and rape or life of the mother, that's just factually not true. Those are actually very rare cases. Um, If you go and you look at the statistics, you see that for cases of life of the mother or due to rape, incest or felonious intercourse, those cases are actually very low. Primary reason why women have abortions is because of convenience is out of convenience. So when the Supreme Court handed down its decision and sent the um, vote back to the states to decide whether or not they would allow for abortion in their individual state, we saw a reaction out of a lot of women and some men that speaks to what we've really become. People were angry in the streets and protesting. And of course, uh, no one really spoke about this, but there were a little bit of, there was a little bit of violence. Oh yes, there were people threatening uh, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, his life. And um, it all because what they didn't want was cast upon them and that is the duty of personal responsibility. That is the nature of consequences for said actions in a nation that has become used to instant gratification, especially regarding sex and no or little consequences thereafter. So we wanted the recklessness, we wanted the instant gratification, we wanted the immediate desires met, but we don't wanna deal with the consequences thereafter. And so what we saw was the attitude of 
the primarily sexually irresponsible in full-blown rage because they could not continue to kill their children out of convenience. Now, I know somebody is going to listen to this and say, well, what about those other cases? I've already covered that. We know that, um, first off, historically, in cases of abortion going all the way back to the 1800s, life of the mother was always the exception. As of about 1969, rape, incest, or felonious intercourse was an exception. Roe versus Wade in 1973 was strictly for abortion on demand out of convenience. It had nothing to do with the other two cases. Uh, and therefore we are where we are now. So um, why is personal responsibility so important, so necessary? Well, personal responsibility is necessary first off because in in the time that we have grown, lived and grown into adulthood, we should have learned how it is that we are, uh, are we should have learned a couple of things. We should have learned that there are expectations for us and on us that we uh, be able to do certain things for ourselves. And in those doing certain things for ourselves, one thing that we should be able to do is accept the consequence uh, the consequences of our actions. Well, that's not really the name of culture, of modern culture right now. The name of the game is to blame everyone around me for what I did wrong and then um, play the victim. And that is a mentality that I can't stand because what it does, it's self-defeating and it's actually self-destructive. It's actually a very dangerous um, attitude as well because a victim has no choices. A victim just accepts whatever, or victim has to accept whatever comes his or her way. And they really have, there's nothing they can do to stop what is happening to them. Now, a those of us who know better, who know the difference between victims and people with actual uh choices and the ability to, to to point their life in a, a different direction, understand that as an adult, you have a choice in everything that you do. You have to accept responsibility for the things that you choose. If you choose recklessness, you have to reap the consequences of that and check those uh, no, willingly because of the choices that you made. If you choose irresponsibility, you have to, there's a consequence for that. If you choose uh, instant gratification, well, eventually there's going to be a consequence for that and it's going to catch up with you. Things aren't always as they seem. Now, the importance of personal responsibility is that in this, in, in contrast of all things that we do, it is our personal responsibility, our willingness to accept that we are <coughs> in many ways are we are guiding and we are determining our consequences based on our choices well then that requires us to think it requires us to think about what we do two three and four times it requires us to think about the outcome it requires us to spend some time in thought weighing options and considering 
things that we otherwise may not consider. See, now a victim, a person with a victim mentality doesn't do that. They just commit to whatever thing they commit to and don't consider the aftermath. The personally responsible person does the former. And in accepting accountability and responsibility for ourselves, we are giving ourselves, or we're taking rather, our power. We're standing firm in our power and in our, uh, I guess, champion mentality that says, you know what, I'm not going to be defeated by my circumstances because I'm going to do my best to make the best of uh, choices so that my circumstances are what I, one thing that I can look back on and be proud of. Now, I know that things happen and sometimes, you know, life will pull the rug right out from under you. And this is completely different than just making irresponsible choices and then crying about them later. I, I believe I mentioned this on my show where I discussed Roe versus Wade overturn. One of the best comments that I've heard regarding uh, the overturn of the Supreme Court's decision is that we, the real, the negative attitude by a majority because of this is due to uh, our comfort in a society that lacks consequences for sexual, for risky sexual behavior. Well, that's not the only, um, that can be applied not only to the Roe versus Wade, but that can be applied to many other things. That can be applied to life in general. That can be applied to uh, those who put themselves in the wrong company, those who tread their feet in the wrong places and uh, spaces where they know that they shouldn't go. It applies to a lot of things. And this is something that I make sure I talk to my kids about. I tell them all the time, listen, you have a choice in everything that you do. Make sure you make wise choices because that instantly puts power in their hands for them to direct where they're, them to decide and commit to aiming themselves in a better direction instead of just running any way that the wind blows them and then uh, crying about the consequences later or blaming someone else. I don't believe in, uh, I don't believe in a ultimate victimhood mentality. And I know that this sounds redundant and I know that it sounds like what your typical uh, Republican commentator would say, and although I've never established my political background on here, I will say that I have to uh, be on the side of, I have to align myself with a, a, I guess, system or a side that says, you know what, you have a choice and everything. You have a responsibility to yourself to make the best decisions. It's all on you. Because if I rely on somebody and anybody else to take me where I want to go, I'm never going to get there. But I can guarantee you I'm going to get where I'm going uh, if I do the work. So I think that a little true story would apply to this uh, particular episode. And that starts with yours truly me. Um, when I was young, I learned at a very young age that there are consequences for the things you do. And I learned this by my mother teaching me, but not only by my mother teaching me, but by watching other people <clears throat> and um, what happened with them regarding particular situations and things that they did. So um, I 
would sit and I would watch as people around me would, would do certain things and then the outcome wasn't what they wanted. Um, and it, not just them, but it started off in early childhood with listening to my friends, you know, talk about their, their family structure and how, you know, they didn't have dad. I learned early on that a lot of kids around me didn't have dads in their lives. I came from a two parent home. So I just assumed that everyone was like me. I mean, you, you, there were really no, I don't really remember any representation of things like that since we make that a big deal of uh, single parent families on TV, ex and with the exception of the uh, Wins the uh, Mrs. Winslow's sister on the show Family Matters, but she was a widow. Um, and she lived, of course, with her sister and her sister's husband and her sister's mother-in-law and their kids. So she was not alone. She was single, but she wasn't alone. But um, other than that, I don't think that there was really a lot of representation. I don't remember seeing a lot of, you know, single parent people on TV. I didn't understand the family structure because when I brought the, I would, anytime I would go to school and, you know, I would try to fit in with kids and talk about my family. And of course my dad being part of that, I was kind of shunned and I didn't get it. Well, the reason was because I had the thing that those kids wanted, but didn't have. And through no fault of their own. And of course, through no fault of my own father was one place. Mother was another place with them. And some of those kids didn't live with their parents at all. Now, as I got older, I started to listen to my friends who come from single parent households talk about, you know, how growing up without a dad was hard, how uh, some of them met their fathers when, through a glass window when they went to see him in prison. And unfortunately, I had friends who turned around and they repeated that same, you know, that same cycle, having children with men who later went to prison. And then, um, I had friends who talked about their fathers not being there because their fathers were on the run from the law. I had, you know, friends whose mothers were addicted to drugs and they probably didn't know who their fathers were. Um, just a number of things. Now, growing up in an, uh, in an environment where chaos is around you 24 seven and being an observant person. And then of course, having my Christian faith and my family values, my family teaching and values, back in me, I decided when I was very young, I say right around the age of 12, that I, no matter what, I would be with the father of my kids. I would raise my children with him. We would be married and we would, we would be together and that would be it. Um, so that's one uh, act of personal responsibility I took for myself. And of course, in taking that, when I was a teenager, I avoided you know, dating and relationships for a long period of time because I did not want to be a single mom. I didn't want to get pregnant at, you know, 14, 15, 16, and then be stuck with a baby by myself because at that age, nobody's no boy wants to be a dad and no girl wants to be a mom if she has any sense uh, in those young years. So I avoided dating and I avoided uh, relationships and I actually avoided people a lot. I didn't go out much. If I did hang out, I hung out with one uh friend of mine and she was a homebody. So she didn't do all that wild stuff either. Um, matter of fact, she's only dated one guy in her entire life and that's the man that she's married to. So she and I would lean on each other uh, and as a support system when we saw other girls our age out here committing to the, just the worst, most reckless behavior. 
we would stand firm and lean on and support each other and doing the right thing and saying, you know, we're going to avoid boys and sex and drugs and all these things that could mess up our future. And that's another thing that we kept in mind, our futures, our lives ahead. What would we do with our lives? And of course, if we, as long as we were focusing on that, then boys and dating, that, that seemed so unimportant. Um, now I did, I did date when I was 18. Uh, my first relationship didn't last that long, it lasted a few months, but um, the reason why it collapsed really had to do with the shift in away from uh, values that are, are away from decisions that he and I were committed to, away from goals that he and I were committed to. And he started to pursue other things and he started to pursue things that I didn't want to be bothered with. I, In other words, he was pursuing criminal behavior. He was selling drugs that, that toward the end of our relationship and he had actually robbed someone. So I got away from it. I wanted nothing to do with that because I told myself in years prior that I would stay away from men who committed acts like that because I did not want to raise my children by myself or I didn't want to have to take my kids and go see their father in prison. And I didn't want that whole, I didn't want anything to do with that lifestyle, but inside the court, watching him fight a case, that's no way to live. That wasn't something that was on my plate. Um, not for me, not for my family. So as I grew older and I went to college and I decided, you know what, I'm gonna, uh, if I don't meet someone here that is, you know, worth what I'm building and what I'm going on, and then I'm, I'm just gonna stay by myself. So I met my husband the second semester of my freshman year and our relationship quickly progressed. Um, we, I think within three months of us, you know, dating, he was already talking things like marriage and future and kids and our plan, our life together. And that was very important to me because it showed that he had a commitment to something other than what was right in front of him. He had a life plan. He wanted the things that I wanted. And we got married in 2011 and it has been a blessing ever since now i say that because had i not taken personal responsibility over myself i wouldn't be where i am today i wouldn't be talking to you guys through this microphone about the necessity of taking your taking hold of your own life and saying listen i'm going to do the best i can with it i'm going to make the right decisions i'm going to uh, weigh the, the consequences of my choices before i make a decision I would be one of those people who is blaming the world for the mess ups that I, um, the mistakes that I make and the bad choices that I committed to, had I not gotten, had I not, you know, started early with accepting that, you know, there are choices for the thing, or there are consequences for the things that we do. And we have one or two, we have to, we have to, take the consequences of our actions, no matter what they render us. So, and I just, I really didn't want to make this a long episode. I don't have 30 minutes in me today. I did want to say that if I could commit to, to being personally responsible at such a young age, then anybody could do it. Anyone can look and look at themselves and say, you know what? I have the power, the strength, the know-how to get myself in line, to make, uh, to put, some kind of order in my life that is going to take me somewhere where I actually want to be rather than sitting where I am and blaming the world when things don't get better. 
Um, and the last part of this is I didn't want to be codependent on anyone necessarily. Now, there's a difference between a husband and a wife relying on each other in a marriage, as all marriages, hopefully, people do and can do, um, and being codependent. Now, if I establish a, a codependent attachment to someone, that is someone that I feel desperate to attach myself to for my own survival. And in a marriage, I don't have to do that. I am committed to uh, the system that we have going on and we're thriving in it because of the choices that he and I made. Now, I grew up primarily in survival mode. And I can tell you, if you haven't, that is no way to live. What I wanted more than anything in my young years was a release from the never ending, the never ending cycle or seemingly never ending cycle of living in survival mode because um, I wanted to thrive. And I knew that if I wanted to thrive, that I had to be the one to take charge of my life and push myself there. I had to make the right decisions. I had to separate myself from people. I had to put, plant my feet in an environment where I could thrive. Now, if I can do that, then anybody can do it. All right, join me next episode on an all new Consensus Pod.